0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 365 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, leave the lights on from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And it is Friday morning as I'm recording this. The first round of the NHL draft is completed. It's in the books. Uh, The Rangers did not make a selection in the first round. They didn't have a first round pick. And of course, uh, they chose not to trade up into the first round, which is probably not that surprising. It just didn't seem like it was something that was really going to be in the cards this year, but like I said, the first round has been completed. It's Friday morning. We've got the uh, the rest of the draft to look forward to today. That begins at eleven a.m. Eastern Time. Definitely curious to see who the Rangers pick the rest of the way, and uh, you know specifically with that number sixty three pick, which will be their first pick, uh, third to last pick of the second round. But uh, arguably the bigger news is something that the Rangers did yesterday. In fact, just after I finished recording my mock draft episode, the Rangers decided to trade Alex Georgiev, acquired a couple of more picks, and uh, I think it's a win-win for both sides. I'll explain why in short order here, but for anybody who might have missed it or might just need a quick recap as far as what the trade entailed, the Rangers do indeed trade Alex Georgiev to the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for a third round pick this year. Uh, That would be the number 97 overall pick in this year's draft. It's also the final pick of the third round. Uh, The Rangers also get a fifth round draft pick for this year. That would be number 161 overall and the final pick of the fifth round. And then they also get a fifth round pick in next year's draft from the Colorado Avalanche. So this is quite the haul for Chris Drury. And it's funny because, you know, I did an episode not that long ago where... I talked about the idea of packaging Alex Giorgiev and Patrick Nemeth together and basically taking next to nothing in return uh, in a trade. You would basically just attach the two of them together and uh, tell the acquiring team, okay, you can have Alex Georgiev, just take Patrick Nemeth off of our hands, and we don't want anything back. The Rangers chose not to go that route, uh, but there was like a comment in the YouTube section where I mentioned that you know you could probably still get something of value for Alex Georgiev, and somebody kind of scoffed and was like, oh yeah, good luck with that. Look, I knew the Rangers would get something for Georgiev. Georgiev uh, has shown himself to be a capable goalie in this league, uh, hasn't performed at a superstar level or anything like that, but we're living in a world where Brett Howden... And I hate to keep picking on Brett Howden, but I have to use him as a parameter here he got the Rangers a fourth-round draft pick around this time last year. And so if Brett Howden can get you a a fourth-rounder, then I think certainly Alex Georgiev can probably get you a third-rounder. That's what I was expecting, and I figured if the Rangers could find a team out there willing to give them a third-round draft pick in exchange for Alex Georgiev, then they should uh, basically just shake hands and uh, make the move, because uh, there's no way they could have been able to hold on to Alex Georgiev this season. But the Rangers, they not only get a third-rounder, they also get a fifth-rounder this year and a third-rounder next year. And for anybody that thinks that you know, that's not really that important. And granted, when you get to the fifth round, it is becoming a little bit of a crapshoot. But uh, let's keep in mind, Adam Fox, former third-round draft pick. So, yes, it's not a guarantee that the Rangers will turn these picks into all-star caliber players. But it's at least possible. You never know what can happen. And uh, we'll, we'll see what the Rangers end up doing a little bit later today with uh, two of these picks here. It's also possible that you know, these picks get traded somewhere else. Maybe uh, Patrick Nemeth in one of these picks is traded uh, to a different team. I'm hearing maybe the Coyotes would take on the Nemeth contract in exchange for a draft pick. We'll see what the Rangers look to do here. But I'm very, very happy with this uh, with this return for the Rangers. And as far as, you know, just kind of breaking down this trade here, uh, first of all, Alex Georgiev's career numbers with the Rangers, 129 games. And in that time, Georgiev has put up a record of 58, 48, and 11 He has a 294 goals against average, a 908 save percentage, and eight shutouts. And he is wrapping up a contract that was for two years and $4.85 million, so it carried an average... Annual value of $2.425 million. And the Rangers now uh, once again trade Georgiev's rights to the Colorado Avalanche. And it's looking like he's probably going to be the starter there. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in just a couple of minutes here as well. Uh, But, you know, this was kind of inevitable. I I think we all, as Ranger fans, probably understand that when you look at the situation. Everything from the fact that, you know, going all the way back to last preseason, Alex Georgiev uh, requested a trade at that time, it was classified as sort of a soft trade request. But a trade request nonetheless, and obviously he his preference was to play somewhere other than with the New York Rangers, and you can certainly understand that uh, to a certain extent when you consider the fact that, well, the Rangers have Igor Shesterkin, who just won the Vesna, and you know, Georgiev, he could probably see the writing on the wall that he was just never going to be the man with the New York Rangers. It just wasn't going to happen uh, with the way that Igor Shesterkin just burst onto the scene, never looked back, took the bull by the horns as it pertains to the starting job, and has just basically done nothing but play fantastic hockey. You get the odd hiccup every now and then, uh, the the random, you know, very short Igor Shesterkin slump or whatever you want to call it, but for the most part, this guy has been stellar, uh, a truly elite goalie in this league. And so, Alex Georgiev was never going to get the chance to be a starter with the New York Rangers, at least not on any, you know, kind of regular basis or not without something happening to Igor Shosturkin that would take him out of the lineup, whether that's, you know, an illness or an injury or whatever it might be. Knock on wood, obviously, we don't want anything like that to happen, but that was going to be Georgiev's only path, really, to regular playing time with the New York Rangers. And on top of that, you know, the Rangers, they just couldn't afford him. I mean, we've talked about this on here quite a bit about how the Rangers are, you know, up against the salary cap right now, and they're going to have to trade Alex Georgiev. I mean, we all knew it. They have to go the cheap route with the uh, backup goalie. I would imagine the Ranger backup goalie, whoever it ends up being uh, for this upcoming season, isn't going to be making much more than like a million dollars a season, maybe even less. And certainly, I would say $1.5 million at the absolute most. They have to, you know, do their best to save money where they can. And I think backup goalie is an ideal spot for that. And what's also kind of funny, you know, looking back is, uh, Georgiev, once again, this offseason, reiterated his trade request. He once again said to the Rangers, I would like to be traded. Well, he didn't really have to this time because, like we were just talking about, this was completely inevitable. Of all the players on the New York Ranger roster— Uh, that were here at the end of last season. I think Georgiev, more so than probably any of them, was the biggest slam dunk to no longer be with the team, considering the fact that, again, the Rangers couldn't afford him, and also the fact that he requested a trade, and also the fact that uh, Alex Georgiev in a trade could get you a decent return. I mean, it's not a king's ransom or anything like that, but you get three draft picks for your backup goalie, I think that's a pretty solid return for Alex Georgiev. Once again, especially when you consider the fact that this entire league knew that the Rangers uh, could no longer hang on to Alex Georgiev and that they were going to have to move him. So we're going to continue talking about the Alex Georgiev trade. I'm going to discuss who I think won this trade in just a second. But first, I just want to everybody know today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting, wagering information, including live betting, eSports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, I just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so as I was just talking about, you know, the inevitable question that comes up, whether it's a blockbuster trade or even a little bit of a smaller trade, is okay, well, who won the trade? And I see a lot of people, you go on social media right now, a lot of people very, very happy with Chris Jury making this trade, being able to get more than I think a lot of us were expecting the Rangers to be able to get for Alex Georgiev for all the reasons that I just mentioned. And, you know, a lot of people the, the word that always gets thrown around these days is fleece. You know, the Rangers fleeced the Avalanche. The Avalanche got fleeced by the Rangers. I wouldn't necessarily go that far either. You know, I think definitely the Rangers won this trade, but I would say they won it by decision and not by knockout because, you know, the Avalanche, they need a goalie. Darcy Kemper... Did a really nice job for them this season, but he is an impending unrestricted free agent. And apparently the Avalanche, uh, for one reason or another, either just generally wanting to go in a different direction or whether it's wanting to go in a younger direction or whether it's just thinking that you know Darcy Kemper is a lifelong journeyman. He did the best that he could and obviously won the Stanley Cup and we'll always be grateful for him for that. But we want a different goalie this season. It might also be a situation where they may not be able to uh, meet uh, Kemper's contract demands, whatever they might be. I'm not sure what he's looking for, how many years, how many dollars. But in making this trade for Alex Georgiev, you now have somebody uh, that you expect to be there for quite some time going forward. And I think that just makes sense if you're the avalanche. And I would imagine, you know, Joe Sakik, he actually won general manager of the year. That was announced last night as well. Uh, Chris Jury was also one of the three finalists. I get the feeling, you know, from Sakic's perspective, if he really wanted Alex Georgiev, which it seems like he certainly did, he's probably more willing to overpay for Alex Georgiev than a lot of other general managers might be simply because his team just won the Stanley Cup. And it's a situation where if you're not comfortable going with a bunch of years and a bunch of uh, money to Darcy Kemper, who is now 32 years old. And as I mentioned to this point in his career has just been a journeyman, then I think you're probably a little bit more willing to overpay. The Avalanche are not a team. They just won the Stanley Cup. They're not a team that's uh, hurting for draft picks. I don't think. I mean, I don't know their their pipeline inside and out and what prospects are coming along and whatever it might be. But when you just won the Stanley cup, I think it pretty much goes without saying you got yourself a heck of a team. So they don't need draft picks the way that rebuilding teams, like, I don't know, the coyotes, the Ca- the Canadians, uh, certainly the Seattle Kraken, they don't need draft picks as badly as those teams do. And so for Sakik to ensure that he got his guy, He probably offered a little bit more than maybe he needed to or maybe even more than he should. But I still think it's a win for the Avalanche. This is the guy that they wanted. Uh, They're going with Alex Georgiev over the guy that just helped them win a Stanley Cup. So they obviously think very highly of Georgie. And for the Rangers, again, I think this is a great haul because, like I said earlier, if I could have just had a third-rounder by itself for Alex Georgiev, I would have signed up for that. The fact that they also got a fifth-rounder this year and a third-rounder next year, very, very nice. And as a result of all this, the Rangers have kind of replenished uh, their draft pick stock, so to speak, because they were coming into this year's draft with only four picks. They're now back up to six. They'll have six a little bit later today. Uh, once again, the draft starting Friday morning at 11 o'clock here, and we'll see what they do. And this is also, we'll get back to Georgia in just a second, but it's a good time for me to mention that uh, at the end of today's episode, we're going to kind of... Record this episode in two different sittings. I'm going to talk about whichever player the Rangers draft at number 63 overall, or maybe they trade up. But bottom line, I'm going to talk about whichever player the Rangers take first in today's draft. And as far as the rest of the draft class for the Rangers, we're going to spread it out a little bit because we have unrestricted free agency right around the corner. That's going to be crazy. So I think what we'll do is we'll very gradually, uh, maybe one episode at a time, we'll spread it out and we'll very gradually get to know uh, all the players at the Rangers draft. Uh, I think that's a good way to do it, once again, with uh, free agent frenzy right around the corner here. But to kind of, uh, you know, share a couple of closing thoughts on Alex Georgiev here, he kind of, with the Rangers, sort of fell into a victim of circumstance kind of a situation, because when he first debuted, he was the backup to uh, an obvious Hall of Famer in Henrik Lundqvist, one of the greatest Rangers to uh, ever lace up a pair of skates. And obviously this past season, uh, having his jersey retired into the Madison Square Garden rafters there. Obviously a very cool moment. So uh, he had to kind of ride the pine and back him up for a little while. There was a time where Georgiev could have, possibly been considered the heir apparent to Henrik Lundqvist. Now, I don't know that the Rangers ever looked at Alex Georgiev and said, oh, man, this is the guy. This is the guy that we're going to have here in place of Henrik Lundqvist. He's going to be just as good as Lundqvist or close to as good as Henrik Lundqvist, and he's going to be our goalie for the next 15 years. I don't think they ever took it that far, or ever really saw him in that light. But clearly, there was an opportunity for Alex Georgiev. It looked like, you know, by just process of elimination, he was going to get the first crack at the Ranger crease whenever Henrik Lundqvist inevitably retired. And unfortunately for Georgiev, the Rangers made a heck of a pick in Igor Shosturkin, selecting him in the fourth round of the draft. And, you know, Igor, he he killed it in the KHL. He was unbelievable in the AHL. And then in what turned out to be Henrik Lundqvist last season, you know, Lundqvist and Georgiev were both scuffling a little bit. Igor Shosturkin is putting up his video game numbers with the Hartford Wolfpack, and the Rangers didn't have a choice. They had to call him up, see what this kid could do, And like I said, Igor just took the bull by the horns, ran with the job, never gave it up, probably never will give it up for as long as he still wants to be the Ranger goalie. And this is the result. You know, Alex Giorgian, there's no path to playing time for him there, and he gets traded. I did want to uh, go ahead. We want to send out Alex Georgiev proper here. You know, he's been a Ranger for the last handful of seasons. I wanted to kind of spotlight uh, some of his best performances from this past season. I think Alex Georgiev, even people that weren't the biggest fans of him, because he certainly did have his naysayers out there, but even people, even if you weren't the biggest Alex Georgiev fan in the world, I think you'll be surprised to know how many highlights he actually had for this Ranger team this past season. Uh, there was one example fairly early in the season, Igor Shesterkin was out of the lineup for, you know, a short time, didn't miss a ton of games, but he had to miss some games and Alex Georgiev came in there and really kind of held down the fort, played very well, kept the Rangers, uh, you know, winning, they they were kind of on a roll before Igor got hurt and Alex Georgiev was able uh, to keep it going and uh, play very well there, which of course is something that is also pretty obvious about Alex Georgiev is that this guy is at his best when he's getting regular playing time and that was a rare instance right there with Igor Shesterkin out of the lineup with an injury where Alex Georgiev got to play regularly. And he did very, very well for himself. Uh, A little bit later in the season, Georgie went through just an absolutely brutal slump. He lost five consecutive starts. It's not just the fact that he was losing, though. He was going out there and just getting shelled every single night. He was giving the Rangers no chance to win these games to the point where, you know, people were wondering, like, you know, do do we just have to cut bait with this guy? Do we want to Expose him to waivers and call up Keith Kincaid to be the backup. That never ended up happening. And Alex Georgiev, you know, despite all the naysayers and all the struggles that he went through there, after losing five consecutive starts, he then won seven consecutive starts. So he really turned it around there. Really uh, really impressive because that's not easy to do to, you know, go through such a miserable slump when you're only playing, you know, very infrequently anyway and you know every time you have a bad game you've got a week a week and a half to think about it Uh, for him to be able to put that in his rear view come back with seven consecutive wins very very impressive for Alex Georgiev and I think for sure the best start of uh, this season for Georgie and I would say probably the best start of his career was against the Carolina Hurricanes in the regular season Rangers played the Canes four times this was the only game that they won it was on the road which to me makes it just that little bit more impressive but Alex Georgiev goes out there, pitches a 44-save shutout against the Carolina Hurricanes, despite being under tremendous pressure the entire game, pretty much. I mean, the Canes just kept, you know, putting shots at the net. Georgiev was fantastic uh, on this night, and the Rangers won that game 2 to nothing. And uh, the second goal was an empty netter with, I think, like less than 10 seconds remaining. So he pretty much, for the entire game, was protecting a one-goal lead because I think the Rangers scored fairly early in that one to make it one nothing. So he's standing on his head, uh, you know, putting in a—, a highlight real effort for the New York Rangers. Like I said, I think the best performance of his career to date. And something else that he did that I thought was big for the Rangers. and I have not heard anybody talk about this. I think I'm the first one here. So the playoff series against the Penguins. Rangers. it's one game to one going into games three and four in Pittsburgh. And obviously, I think pretty much everybody knows what happened. Uh, Igor Shesterkin got pulled out of game three. He got pulled out of game four. Just didn't have it. And the Rangers didn't have it either. They they did nothing to help him either. But in Game 3, and in Game 4 a little bit too, but Game 3 specifically, I thought Alex Giorgiev made a positive impact on what would happen for the rest of this series. Game 3, think about it. He goes in there, ice cold, hasn't played in the playoffs, making his Stanley Cup playoff debut. And he goes in there in Game 3, and he stops 19 of 20 shots. And when he entered the game, the Rangers were down 4-1 to at that point. And then the Rangers in the second period of game three, they come storming back, they score three goals, they tie the game at 4-4, to and, you know, they don't do that. They're not able to do that if Alex Giorgio doesn't make a a good amount of quality saves throughout that second period. He allowed the Rangers to come back in that game. Now, they eventually ended up losing, and Giorgio, the one goal that he let in was kind of of the soft variety, so that was disappointing. But the bottom line, Giorgio went in there, gave them a chance to come back, and that kind of set the stage for what we saw a little bit later in this playoff series. Because think about it. You know, the Rangers, they were down by two goals in game five. They came back and won. Down by two goals in game six. They came back and won. Down late in game seven. They tied it. They won it in overtime. And I think, you know, even though they didn't win this game, the fact that Alex Georgiev came in there, took over for Igor Shosturkin, who just didn't have it that night, and held down the fort. I think that kind of, you know, planted the seeds a little bit, that the Rangers, you know, hey, we can come back against this team. We can always get back into a game. We're never out of it. And once again, I don't think that that comeback in Game 3 happens without Alex Georgiev playing very, very well. Now, of course, again, they did not win the game, but they got back into it. They made a game out of it, and largely on the uh, back of Alex Georgiev, you know, stepping in there and playing very well in relief. And then in Game 4, you know, he stops 10 of 11 shots. I mean, that game was just a complete mess by the time he got into it. But at the very least— you know, he stopped that game from getting completely out of control where, you know, the Penguins end up scoring like 9 or 10 or 11 goals against the Rangers. Uh, That would have been a disaster. So at the very least, uh, he kept that game from getting completely out of hand. It was already kind of out of hand, but he stopped it from getting completely out of hand. Um, So, you know, again, Alex Georgiev, he had his highlights this season. And I think if you're a fan of Alex Georgiev, You've got to feel really, really good about where he's going. As I mentioned, he's going to the Colorado Avalanche, the defending Stanley Cup champions, and he's probably got the inside track to be their starting goalie more often than not. You know, Darcy Kemper is not coming back to the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Joe Sakic apparently already uh, mentioned this to him. And again, this is kind of a cold business when you can win the Stanley Cup and then uh, be replaced the next season at a position as important as goalie, no less. Uh, But yeah, I I think, you know, from the Avalanche perspective, you know, Darcy Kemper's 32 years old. Alex Georgiev is 26 years old. Georgie would seem to have more long-term upside. And the Avalanche probably know what we as Ranger fans all know, and that is that Alex Georgiev is a far, far better goalie uh, when he's getting regular playing time. There are probably some Avalanche fans out there and understandably so. I don't even fault them for this, but they probably take a look at Alex Giorgio's career numbers, and they say, why Why are we going with this guy? You know, there's nothing special there. There's nothing that jumps off the page. We just won the Stanley Cup with Darcy Kemper. Let's bring him back. So I get that, and maybe we'll look to do a, a crossover with the Colorado Avalanche guys and maybe talk a little bit more about this trade. Uh, you know, I, I think one of them—I'm going to say Chris is upset about it, and Kyle is happy about it. So maybe I'll, I'll go in there and, and kind of uh, moderate the debate between those two. We'll see. But— yeah, I mean, again, I think that overall, this is a good move for the Colorado Avalanche, and it's a fantastic landing spot for Alex Giorgiev. Once again, if you're a fan of Georgie, I don't see how you're not absolutely thrilled for the guy. He wants to be a starting goalie. Now he gets that chance, and he gets to do it with the defending Stanley Cup champions. I kept thinking he was going to get traded to the Edmonton Oilers, but they just will not address their goalie situation. They insist on put out, putting out terrible goaltending year after year after year. when even average goalie play for the Oilers could make them a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. So, all the best Alex Yorgiev. I'm glad that he's heading to the Western Conference. Now, I'm sure, you know, naturally, the Rangers will play the Avalanche in the Stanley Cup Final, and, uh, you know, it'll be Igor against Georgie. But, hey, at at that point, that's a good problem to have because you're in the Stanley Cup Final. As far as, you know, a potential Ranger backup goalie and who they might go with there, uh, we'll talk about that in greater detail in a future episode. I know that uh, Scott Wedgwood, he was considered an option for the Rangers, but he re-upped with the Stars, There was another backup-type goalie that just recently re-signed as well. I know uh, Yaroslav Halak is an unrestricted free agent. He just wrapped up a one-year, $1.5 million contract with the Canucks, so maybe the Rangers can get him at like $1.25 million for one year. We'll see. A lot of different ways that it could go, and uh, like I said, we will talk about that in a future episode. And as I'm recording this, the NHL draft is about to start here, so I'm going to put that on see who the Rangers pick, and then we'll come back here uh, for the last segment of today and talk about whoever the Rangers pick with their first choice in the draft, which right now is number 63. We'll see if they trade up, trade back, whatever it might be. But either way, uh, we will get to the Rangers uh, first pick, and we will do that in just a second. All right, and so it's a little bit later in the day now, and it's official. The pick is in for the New York Rangers with the number 63 overall selection in the 2022 NHL draft. The New York Rangers select Adam Sakura. He is a left-winger, 5'10", 172 pounds, uh, from Tipos Extraliga League, a.k.a. the Slovak Extraliga League. Uh, This is the highest level of hockey in Slovakia, the highest level league that there is in Slovakia. Uh, It's a league that's undergone very many name changes, and he plays for HK Nitra of this league. And as I mentioned a second ago, not the biggest guy in the world, but uh, makes up for it with some speed and some skill. He was apparently a late riser up a lot of draft boards, you know, heading into this draft here. And among the 10 publications that I've got in front of me, you know, they all do these rankings. He was ranked as high as number 38 by Elite Prospects and as low as number 72 by FC Hockey. And of course, he goes to the Rangers at number 63. Coincidentally, Bob McKenzie had him ranked exactly at number 63. But everyone besides uh, Mr. Bob McKenzie and FC Hockey had Sakura ranked higher than this. So it looks like, uh, at least if you go by these publications, and obviously these people, you know, they do this scouting for a living, and they're very, very good at it. Every single one of them, except for uh, McKenzie and FC Hockey, thought that Sakura was better than number 63 overall, and yet the Rangers still get him at number 63. He definitely surprised some people uh, by making Slovakia's world championship team, skated in six games there in that tournament, had two goals and one assist, and... At just 17 years old, he was actually the youngest player in that entire tournament. So that's very impressive in and of itself. Uh, as far as his most recent, you know, complete season, not just the tournament here, uh, that would be once again with HK Nitra of Slovakia, uh, 46 games, 10 goals, 7 assists. So he had 17 points in 46 games. He was also a plus 3 in that time. He then skated in another 19 playoff games, two goals, and three assists, and he was an even plus minus there. These aren't necessarily eye-popping numbers. I mean, you're basically, for the regular season, averaging about a third of a point per game. Doesn't jump off the page, but you got to keep in mind, uh, he's 17 years old out there competing in a high-level league of hockey against adults. You know, there's, there's no age restrictions in this league. So all those things considered, sounds like he did pretty uh, well for himself there and uh almost won a championship. His team Nitra uh, was the number 3 seed in a 10 team playoff tournament. They beat number 6 Poprad in 7 games. In the quarterfinals, they beat number 2 Zvolen in 6 games in the semis and then they fell to top seeded Slovan Bratislava in 6 games in the championship round and so Sakura just missed out on a championship there. But, you know, the more you read about Sakura, the easier it is to understand why this is a Chris Jury type of player. Apparently, Sakura has a reputation of just being exceptionally intense on the ice, very focused, very dialed-in player. Uh, one of those plays every shift like it's his last kind of players, and also an exceptionally strong defensive forward. Just a hard-nosed player,s uh, a relentless four-checker as well. And I uh, was looking, you know, trying to find as much information as I could about Sakura because we didn't talk about him. You know, we do every year we look at potential Ranger targets as far as, you know, whatever their first pick in the draft might be. This year, it was obviously in the second round. Uh, I did not happen to look at Sakura because I wasn't really looking at a left winger, but the hockey writers, they did an article in June of the top 10 left wingers available in this year's NHL draft. And Sakura ranked at number 10. Uh, as far as, you know, positives to his game, we've been over a couple of these, but just to kind of list them real quick here. Uh, very good skater. Excellent forechecker. checker. Has a very strong defensive game. Very good on the penalty kill as well, which is always nice. And uh, just an exceptionally high-motor player. So, again, it's very easy to see why Chris Jury is a fan of Sikora and why the Rangers drafted him. As far as, you know, some weaknesses or some areas to work on uh, strength, apparently. You know, he could stand to probably put on a little bit of muscle. Like we talked about, he's not the uh, biggest guy available in the draft. Apparently, he also has a lack of power on his shot. And his passing ability uh, is not as good as it could be or as good as, you know, some other guys in this draft. As far as, you know, comparisons, you know, going by everything I've read here, he's drawn some comparisons to Andrew Kopp as well as Zach Aston Reese. So overall, I do think that this is a nice, uh, you know, pick for the Rangers. I could probably have done without another left winger, you know, I said this even last year. I, I like the Brian Offman pick overall, but I did have to call out the Rangers because it's like, well, you've got Panarin, you've got Kreider, you've got Lafreniere, and yeah, guys can change positions and whatnot, but it's like, you're already loaded at left wing, and now you take Brandon Offman, and now this year... You're even more loaded at left wing, and you take Sakura, who predominantly plays left wing. I did see on Elite Prospects, he's listed as a left wing as well as a center, but just about every website I've been on has him listed uh, as a left wing, or at least primarily a left wing. I suppose uh, he can play center in a pinch, which is always nice. Always good to have somebody with at least some position versatility. And I figure I'll leave you guys with a couple of scouting reports as it pertains to Sakura. This one comes to us from the Elite Prospects 2022 NHL Draft Guide. Few players match Sakura's intensity on the ice. He's all in every shift. He bounces from opponent to opponent, barely giving them any time to handle the puck, blocks shots like he's immune to pain, and attacks loose pucks like the fate of the world depends on his ability to catch them. On the back check, he pursues escaping opponents and completely neutralizes them. So, yeah, I mean, that that pretty much says it all right there. It goes back to what I was saying about how this guy just competes relentlessly and plays every shift like it's his last. And, again, uh, very, very easy to see why Chris Jury was apparently enamored with Sakura. Uh, I'll read two more scouting reports, and I figure we can call it a day after that. This one comes to us from Josh Tesler of Smart Scouting. If Sakura can improve his upper body strength, that will allow him to shove attackers out of the way. It will only increase his value. But in Tipo's extra-liga play, it has been clear that the lack of upper body strength has made it far more challenging for Secor to generate quality scoring chances. He will get pushed out of the slot easily, and he struggles to net possession when facing heavier defenders in puck battles. His straight-line speed makes him dangerous and is of great value when staying aligned with both puck-carrying teammates, and puck-carrying attackers. If he can build up his strength for both slot presence and tight puck battles, he will be a pain to deal with. In addition, if he can fine-tune his shot mechanics and work on identifying the best passing options in all three zones, his production will go up. And then one more here. This one comes to us from Miroslav Samurka of FC Hockey. Sakura has clearly developed in the past months, and he is improving his skills every game. He is a good skater with flexible hips, good edge work, good first steps, and he can accelerate quickly. His decision making has improved as well. And so, yeah, that's pretty much the long and short of it. Overall, I do think it was a good pick by the Rangers. I'm a little bit over, you know, making their first pick a left winger every single season. I mean, you look at center, they need help there. You look at right winger, they need help there. We'll see if the Rangers address uh, those areas as this draft continues. As I'm recording this, uh, this is the only pick that's in for the Rangers. And like I said earlier in today's episode, we will eventually get to the rest of the Ranger draft class. I think for the most part, I'm going to shift the attention to free agents these next couple episodes here because free agent frenzy is right around the corner. But uh, in due time, yes, absolutely we will uh, give every single player drafted by the Rangers their proper spotlight. So, like I said, I think that's a good place to call it for today. Uh, once again, thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And make sure to subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything happening in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast.